Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar. Uh, slight uh, mix up with our intro video there, uh, the delights of technology. Um, but anyway, welcome back to the Bundesliga show uh, brought to you by Over the Bar. Um, tuning in for match week three reviews um, this evening uh, with myself, Mark, and Peter. Um, obviously, we're going to be getting stuck into what is probably going to be quite a enjoyable and big show. There's lots of Bundesliga action to review and get stuck into um, and reflect on. Uh, obviously, before we do so, there's going to be a featured five tonight as well. So um, we're going to be covering five games in as much detail as we can do, and then a very shortened best of the rest. And we're still going to be doing Peter's Kiosk Club as well. Um, all the lovely bits of admin, of course, to do just before we get started, though. And, and one thing that we want to start with is a bit of an exclusive from one of our um, fantastic partners, who is uh, obviously Bundesliga Boxes, who we, uh, me and Mark, have got many a uh, Bundesliga box over the years and, um, well, years of service that we've been going with them. Uh, and we can reveal for the first time anywhere on social media uh, or across the interweb that pre-orders of batch 33 for Bundesliga boxes will commence from Friday the 22nd of September. So make sure you put that in your diaries to make sure that you do not miss out on some pre-orders because batch 32 sold out and was the most successful Bundesliga boxes we've ever had. Um, as you can tell, the one of the big popular parts of that was the uh, the magnetic lead table looks like so much fun. Uh, I wish I actually got myself one of them, but I was too slow. So make sure you get onto that. Uh, as I said, pre-orders for batch 33 go live Friday, 22nd of September. I will be reminding you at the end of the show as well. So that is an exclusive from our friends from Bundesliga Boxes. So thank you for letting us reveal it live uh, on the show tonight via the podcast, via YouTube. What a what a way to get ourselves going. Um, and of course, make sure you smash a like on the video, smash a like for the exclusive, uh, comment along whilst we're live or subsequently if you've got any questions for the chaps or myself, and make sure you press the red button and subscribe to the channel. Um, right then, so chaps, we'll, we'll get stuck into our featured five. Um, and in fifth place, uh, we reckon, or to our own thoughts, is going to be uh, the Sunday afternoon game between Union Berlin and RB Leipzig, which finished 3-0 to the visitors. Uh, Mark, I'll, I'll hand things over to you straight away in what was, um, well, a close affair until, well, a bit of class from Xavi Simmons and a, a red card for um, Union new boy uh, Kevin Vorland, uh, who I can certainly have no complaints about the red card. Um and then it was a, a brace for, uh, again, a new boy of RB Leipzig, uh, Sesco, who's, uh, I mean, I just have to comment one bit before I hand over to yourself. That pass from Danny Olmo for the third goal was just delightful and a lovely thing to view. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on this game? And, uh, I mean, what is a, a statement win, we can possibly say, by RB? Yeah, I just felt as though it was a superb performance from RB. I think aside from the early header from Kevin Folland, who obviously ended up getting his marching orders in the second half, that that was a, a good chance actually from the cross coming in from Gorsons and then a good header, which was well saved by Blasvik. But after that, I just thought it was complete domination, total domination, as they would say, from the 
German Red Bulls, as they call them. I just thought, yeah, obviously, Javi Simmons is looking like one hell of a player as well. I thought he was superb. After a slow debut the last two weeks, he's been brilliant. Obviously, coming from with a massive label, really, on his back after that amazing season with PSV Eindhoven last season. Really impressed with him. Danny Olmo is just shaping up to being one of the players of the season as well. And as you mentioned, that pass for the third goal and just his all-around industry, you know, constantly a threat in that RB side, especially in the second half. Yeah, I felt as though I'm really liking the look of the Campbell-Schlager axis as well. I feel as though that's working really well. Obviously, the first game they started with Seval. He didn't particularly do it, but they made the change immediately to bring Campbell back in. And that's working really nicely. You know, they, they probably were helped a little bit by the stupidity from Fallen, which was actually a really ugly challenge as well, uh, which deservedly got his marching orders. And that made life a little bit easier to break down that notoriously difficult Union defence. But yeah, as you mentioned, Sheshko, he, he comes in with a, a reputation of scoring goals and he managed to do that as well. I thought he took his first goal well, you know, just about sliding the ball in off the post. And then the second one was a relatively easy header after that sumptuous ball in from Olmo. But yeah, overall, really, really good performance. I even thought David Round, who I've criticised a little bit at times, I thought he was good. He, he put in a beautiful corner in the first half as well, which Willie Orban just put wide. But yeah, I just thought, yeah, Leipzig are looking hot. You know, they came into this season with really, really high hopes. And so far, they're delivering as well. You know, the, the bench is just absolutely stacked. We barely even mentioned Christoph Baumgartner this season so far. And he, you know, is one of their kind of marquee signings. Hopefully he's going to get a little bit more involved because I don't want to see a player of his quality spending the season sitting on the bench. But yeah, I mean, superb performance. Another thing you've got to remember is that um, Union have won the last four league meetings between these sides as well. They've done the double-double over RB Leipzig the last two years. So this is a, for me, it is a statement win, absolutely. And I think we can safely say that after a difficult start, fixture-wise, RB are looking pretty hot again now. Yeah. And uh, speaking of that, Peter, I mean, we can maybe say, yeah, statement win, uh, it's maybe an easy phrase to throw about, perhaps, you know, if RB were at home and, you know, circumstances were different. But Union Berlin do not lose at home. Um, and, you know, they, they came and they saw out the first half and obviously, yeah, things did go their way a little bit more, but they played quality football. And, yeah, the the Red Bulls are looking very, uh, very ferocious at this point. Uh, not surprising, of course. Um, we talked a lot about them last week while we were covering Stuttgart, of course. And um, the fact that Marco Rosa made the right uh, personnel choices uh, last week and bringing uh, Kevin Kampel back in to work alongside Zaba Schlager. He actually had a very strong match, I believe. Uh, you've already mentioned David Raum uh, and Xavi Simmons. Simmons uh, was voted um, player of the season thus far uh, by Transfermarkt. I was just uh, reading that before we went on air. So he is a player that most Germans have been excited to see this season, and it's quite understandable that he's getting the respect that he deserves. He had an absolutely fantastic game. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was not necessarily the result many German football fans were hoping for. And, uh, I mean, we expected a tight game. I was not surprised at all to see that, uh, the XG figures at the half were point, you know, not three, five, not five, five or something to that effect. Um, Fallon's early chance, you mentioned, uh, a, a rightful red card. It's a little bit critical of Oz Fish on the tactics column for perhaps maybe not trying out a new system 
given the fact that uh, he had uh, <clears throat> Brendan Aronson out on the red and this 3-5-2 double stack. I mean, if you're going to deploy that system, then by all means, uh, drill your team in it and make sure that they want the ball and that they have some attacks planned out. It didn't seem like they had a lot of ideas. Uh, but as you mentioned, Rory, that's uh, well, Mark mentioned the fact that they had done the double of them uh, over them for two consecutive years. Uh, there was also the Union uh, home winning streak at the Stadion on the Alta Festerei that uh, 24 matches, I believe. Um, the only time that Leipzig beat Union um, at the Stadion on the Alta Festerei was Union's, uh, I think it was their second Bundesliga game uh, back in the 2019 20 campaign. So, yes, indeed. Um, not, not the, the most entertaining football match. Uh, we were keeping a close eye on Voland. Many of us German national team uh, fans were, of course. Looks like he's got some work to do and maybe a few extra pounds to shed as well. And uh, we were uh, also watching uh, Leonardo Bonucci on the bench making some wild Italian uh, like gesticulations. That was, a, that, was a, <laughs> that was a great deal of fun, of course. Um, but it is a statement win by Leipzig. No contest. They have the better, deeper uh, squad. And, uh, well, unfortunately, we won't be singing Union's praises as we did in the Kiosk Club last week this time around. No, but, uh, yeah, a, a bit, I'm sure just a blip in the road for Union. Uh, I think, yeah, just a few comments I want to come back to. Uh, so thank you to everyone who's put in any comments so far uh, from Balam checking in, uh, Alan Michaels, uh, Matteo uh, Castillo, who's also a, a big um, follower of ours, and Gary as well. Uh, evening to all of you. Thanks for your comments so far. Um, just a few that I'm going to try and work my way backwards through. Um, firstly, one from Alan. Um, I think this is yeah what we all would certainly voice. Yes, we're all supporting Union in, uh, in Europe this year. We shall be following them with... Uh, Great interest and pride and, uh, well, what a way for them to start just going away to uh, the Bernabeu and uh, meeting up with Jude Bellingham again. That should be a, a magical evening for all all of those involved with Union Berlin. I'm, I'm absolutely sure that they cannot wait for that. Um, I think a uh, comment from Matteo just relating to Danny almost such a good player. I thought he was going to Man City in the summer. All the papers I read um, when I was in... Uh, when I was home in Spain, said he was. Bundesliga is lucky to have him. Completely agree, Matteo. Bundesliga is absolutely uh, lucky to have him. I'm so very thankful he hasn't gone to Man City yet. Yeah, could be watched his face, though, uh, with that one. But yeah, we hope Danny almost stays in the Bundesliga as long as possible. Uh, one from Gary, too slow on the last Bundesliga boxes, really wanted the magnetic chart. Are they available elsewhere? All I would say to that, Gary, is just drop, um, go onto Twitter and drop uh, the Bundesliga chaps a DM and then they'll be the best people to tell you where to get uh, any of those magnetic charts. Um, yeah, I might have to do the same because I also really want one. So yeah, just give them a DM and I'm sure they'll be able to inform you uh, correctly. Um, just Checking a few other comments here. Um, another one from Gary. Are there more match day vlogs slash watch longs coming up at any time soon? Well, there hopefully is a match day vlog coming soon because, uh, well, Mark and Peter can maybe uh, drop that announcement a little bit later on or towards the end of the show. But uh, yes, there should be 
certainly a vlog coming soon. Um, the next watch long, uh, we probably would assume is going to be, well, it's going to have to be after the international break, um, unfortunately, as we're I am now upon that. But yeah, we'll be doing a, a good few more watch longs once, once we're back in action. I think, um, well, we come back with Bayern Leverkusen. So we'll, we'll have a little look at maybe doing that as well uh, for you all. Um, also one here from Gary. Uh, great to see the show back. Another great weekend of action. Really enjoyed Peter's kiosk um, kiosk club in the last show. Glad it's a regular feature, as are we. Um, and we'll come back to any more questions. Um, one quick one here as well from Balam. Um, Peter is a German who um, who Germans prefer as new Bundesliga winner Leipzig or Leverkusen to company teams, as we know. What are your thoughts on that quickly, Peter? Uh, I know that Balam has uh, sympathies towards RB Leipzig, um, so I, and I respect that. But uh, I would I would go with Leverkusen based on the fact that they are an older uh, club. That's simply how Germany. I respect I respect Balam's uh, uh, sympathies of uh, to Leipzig. I do. Brilliant. Uh, very quickly as well. A couple of my, uh, extra new comments. Evening, uh, Dan and, and Danny, who have both checked in. Um, when Peter speaks, I listen. Uh, <laughs> fountain of knowledge. Uh, love the, the kiosk club. So more love for you there, Peter. Uh, from Dan, top man. Uh, yes, we all listen when Peter speaks. Uh, and then just one from Danny. Uh, let's have a quick look at this one. Real pity that Union don't play their Champions League games in their stadium. It'd be hilarious to see Real Madrid at the Alta Forester Eye. Uh, yeah, it is a great shame. And the atmospheres, I'm sure, would be epic. But also, it's, it's kind of quite hilarious that they're doing it at um, Hertha's ground as well. Because it's almost like the biggest slap in the face possible, isn't it, really? Uh, apologies to Hertha fans if you're checking in. Uh, this evening, I'm sure they'll make just as good a atmosphere and, you know, paint the town red, uh, literally, um, in the Olympia Stadion when, uh, when they get to it. So looking forward to all that. So thank you all for your lovely comments, uh, particularly uh, towards Peter. I'm sure Peter's night has already been made and we're only a quarter of the way through the show. So that's a good start. <laughs> absolutely beaming um, <laughs> right we shall move on to the fourth game uh, I think there's a couple of other comments come in uh, so thanks for that uh, Ben we'll get to that in a second uh, but for our fourth game uh, on featured five this evening it's Leverkusen five uh, Darmstadt one uh, we put this in fourth place because it's obviously one that myself and Mark and uh, um, well you know pretty much everyone who follows the Bundesliga would have quite uh, happily predicted you know, all our fantasy uh, show was pretty much focusing on Leverkusen and heavy go on that. And, you know, it took a while, though, gents. I'll come to you, Peter, first on this one. Um, and, you know, we saw the first goal go in uh, from Boniface. Uh, uh, good, you know, good composure in the area and the lovely chip uh, in to make it 1-0. And at that point, you're thinking, OK, yeah, the floodgates may well open. But uh, oh, good character from Darmstadt in the first half, at least. You know, well, well played set piece from an attacking point of view. You know, we were very open to criticise them from the defensive point of view last week from those set pieces, but they at least put some creativity into the box um, to get the header. Well, from the back post, then back to the near post uh, from Wilhelmsson. 
but unfortunately, once that second goal came for Leverkusen and they retook the lead, Peter, it was, uh, well, just a show of their attacking might. Uh, indeed. And the um, the second goal was uh, that restored the lead four minutes after the restart uh, restart was quite fluky. It took a it uh, double deflection <laughs> off of... Um, some a couple of guys I, I'm not sure I ever heard of uh, Isherwood and uh, and Mellem. Well, no Mellem I know, but Isherwood I had never heard of. So um, yes, but I personally speaking, I don't think there was really ever any doubt that Leverkusen weren't going to open the floodgates uh, eventually. Um, basically, what you have with Leverkusen is, I mean, and we've uh, talked about them a lot on the first two match day pods. Um, they've, <clears throat> I mean, just how incredible Granit Xhaka directs this midfield. I mean, he is a midfield flight conductor and the perfect complement to someone with the creative presence of Florian Wirtz uh, up there, Jonas Hoffmann, who was plucked by Gladbach. I'm very, very sorry to the fallen off enthusiasts out there and what he's capable of doing. And Boniface, whom is increasingly remind, I compared him to uh, uh, Randall Kolomowani uh, in the opening uh, round, but I'm thinking more Romelu Lukaku now because he is incredibly strong uh, mm. in addition to being elegant. And as I mentioned, uh, Stefan Baumgart, I mentioned this on the opening pod, Stefan Baumgart said that if he had 100 million euros, he would have he bought Boniface over Kane. And, and we laughed at that. And now look at this. Now look at what this guy is doing. He's absolutely taking the league by storm. Uh, Leverkusen, I, I mean, what, what else can one say? It was the perfect day for them uh, if everybody scored. Uh, Boniface with another brace, his, his second consecutive one in two weeks. Boniface set up Hoffman's goal. Uh, and then Mbamba and Hlotzek came off the bench to score as well. Nathan Teller and Joseph Bonifich look strong in their debut. There's no discernible weaknesses unless Mark Am I missing something? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it's an amazing roster, isn't it? Like, I think we were actually watching the game, weren't we, over in K-Town? Yeah, we, we were watching the, uh, the um, obviously, the, what do they call it in German when, when it's all the games together? But yeah, it was a, yeah, the conference, that's the one, yeah. We were watching that, yeah, and obviously we were saying at the time, I think when we came in, it was one all, and I just couldn't believe it, to be honest, when I saw that it was one all. But the second half, the floodgates well and truly open. That that roster is just ridiculous, really. I mean, they're, they're even filling the buy arena at the moment. I've noticed the last couple of games, I think every seat is packed out, which is great to see because, you know, at times when Leverkusen aren't doing so well, we do see a few empty seats there. But the fans clearly sense something, you know. Jabby Alonso is... Cooking something, as Ballon uh, likes to say. And yeah, I mean, I just want to mention one other moment in this game that really made me laugh. And for me, it kind of summed up the Darmstadt season. It was when it was at nil-nil and Holland and my man Fabian Nuremberger literally like ran into each other which led to the opening goal from Bonnie Face. I don't know if you saw this one, but it was it reminded me of me back in my days of playing five-a-side football and we had a team. And I remember two of our lads ran into each other as well. And we still talk about it today. So it was quite a comedy moment, really. I mean, not for Darmstadt, but I mean, I know that the... The coach, Lieberknecht, was a bit disappointed that it wasn't pulled back for, for, I mean, I don't know what a foul. It can't have been a foul, but maybe for fair play. But it 
that was a real comedy moment for me, and it led to Boniface's first goal. But that just sums up the first three games that Darmstadt played in my eyes, to be honest. They, they, they did well in the first half. You know, the, a well-worked set-piece move led to Wilhelmsen equalising. I mean, that's what they've got to do more of, really, Darmstadt. They've got to use those set plays, you know, corners, free kicks from those kind of positions to cause problems. And they did manage to do that, to be fair, in the first half. But... Yeah, I, I, Leverkusen were always too good. To be honest, I think I tipped 7-0, actually, for this game in the prediction show. That was my expectation, 7-0. I, and to be honest, I actually think Darmstadt can take some positives. The fact they scored uh, past this pretty solid-looking Leverkusen defence nowadays, which has also improved a lot, by the way. You know, the likes of Tapsoba, Tar having really good starts to the season as well. I mean, Frimpong was just ridiculous as well. I didn't even know what position he was playing in this match because he was just all over the pitch. He clearly realised that, you know, it was a chance for him to get some scorer points and also some fantasy points as well, which he did very well for anyone who had him in the fantasy team. But yeah, I mean, if there was ever a home banker, this was it, wasn't it? Let's be honest. I think we all knew that Leverkusen were going to win this game and well. But it's just, you know, Jonas Hoffman getting his first goal for the club as well. He's made a really, really nice start. Already seems to be a bit of a fan's favourite there at the Bay Arena. And they're, they're going to challenge for the title. I really do believe that this year. You know, obviously the next game, they move on to the Bayern Munich away. They shouldn't put too much pressure on themselves for that, you know, because the title won't be decided on that game. A lot of people say say they lose that game, then, oh, you know, the, the wheels are falling apart. But they've just got to go out there, enjoy that game and show what they can do. Because I believe that they can win that game, but if they don't, there's still title challenges for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very well summed up, uh, the both of you. Yeah, the, eventually the floodgates did open and Leverkusen... Looking hot, as David Navas has uh, mentioned in the comments. Um, and uh, just one from Chris as well. Chris Saunders, hope you're doing well. Um, Derby Day dive-ins and rivalry videos. Uh, we shall uh, try our best maybe to uh, try and crop up a few during the international break if we've got a bit of downtime. Uh, yeah, we we enjoy doing them as well. We really enjoy doing the the club profiles of, of Darmstadt and Heidenheim, for example, as well at the start of the season. They were great fun. Uh, so if you guys want them, we will endeavour to get a few more of the Derby Day um, shows out, absolutely. Um, and lots of um, comments just uh, coming in regards to Paul McGarrigy, uh, obviously over the bars, Paul McGarrigy putting on Twitter earlier in, in terms of his um, taking, well, ending his six-year affinity with over the bar and there's some really nice comments in in the chat this evening which is which is lovely to see and you know thank you everyone who's putting that in i'm sure paul will be really grateful uh for all the um words that have been expressed his way and he shall be dearly missed um obviously from a la liga point of view you know especially from over the bar and everything that he literally does for this show as well so you know we, we thank you a lot paul for for everything that you've done for Thanks the show and, and yeah, we'll so, miss yeah. you a lot if you watch, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Top man. Um, right. So yeah, uh, apologies if I've missed any other comments that have come in um from from, from a Bundesliga point of view. Uh Steve Tim's just one quick one. Take Kane out by and they finished second to RB. Leipzig had the better window. Yeah, some interesting comment um there from Steve. And yeah, I'll Bayern uh, will probably not feature in our featured five, uh, but yeah, interesting comment there from Steve. And, you know, there's probably a lot of people that currently would agree with you. Uh, right then, 
let's move on to game number three as we make our way slowly through our featured five. And, uh, well, it's, uh, it's a relatively pleasant one to talk about this evening. Uh, Stuttgart 5, Freiburg 0. Um, yeah, what can we say about Stuttgart's home form? It's pretty pretty electric at the moment to start the season, which is, yeah, delightful for, for all the VFBers at, at the moment. Um, you know, super, super quick start to the match, Mark. Um, you know, Furyk doing his... Almost his trademark move now, where he, you know, where he cuts, where he's dribbling down towards the byline, will cut back in, um, and then he gets a shot away, and it's all very well knowing what's going to happen, but having the ability to stop it is another thing. Um, certainly, one player that I would like to focus on a little bit more, and, and you've been talking about him a lot more as well, actually, Mark Furick, and you know his first ever Bundesliga brace. He took his second one very calmly, even though there's probably a pass on quite an easy one I think it was to see last night you know he had the confidence to see it through and put the finish away and um it was an even game from a statistical point of view this as well Mark so what what do you think that Stuttgart did right and uh, it was a case of Freiburg just not turning up really and they still had chances but they weren't maybe of a of a higher degree of danger per se apart from a couple of big saves by Newbell towards the end of the first half I believe yeah, I think as Christian Strike said, they just didn't bother to defend, basically, uh, Freiburg. They, they were quite poor defensively, and I think Strike was disappointed, particularly by the dis- the, the defensive display from uh, the sport club in this game. But I think one other point we've got to mention is that actually Freiburg started the better. They had a couple of really, really good early chances, and Leanhart. I was a little bit worried about Newbell going into this game after his mistake, and he actually almost made another clanger very early on. I, I had it down as a bit of a clanger. He, dro- he kind of pushed the ball onto the bar when he should have been clearing it, easily clearing the bar, either catching it or pushing it over the bar. And it, that could have led to a really poor start, actually, for, for Stuttgart in the game. But he got a little bit lucky. The uh, Freiburg player couldn't quite tap the ball in. But obviously, after that, it was a bit of a clinic, really, from the VFB. And players that stood out, obviously, I mean, Ito was fantastic again at left-back. I thought he was superb. The assist on Gurassi's second. He's a real player nowadays, you know, Ito. And they did actually, obviously, they lost Souza, But for me, I think I was saying to you, Peter, over the weekend, I'm not even sure I see that as, as, a, as a big loss anymore because Souza didn't have the best season last year. And I just feel as though Ito is more than capable of replacing him at that fullback position. Also, another man I'd like to mention is Stiller as well, obviously signing, making his debut from Hoffenheim. A player who wasn't particularly rated uh, in Kreisgau, um, actually played really, really well in this game and he was like all action. He's always been rated Stiller, actually. He's always had a, been highly rated within Germany and I believe that, you know, he adds a lot of balance to that team as well. That's what I like about him. I am a bit disappointed that Mio has been dropped at the moment from the starting lineup. He obviously came off the bench to score. Mm-hmm. It's disappointing, but I do believe that kind of axis of Stiller and Karatsor gives him a very good balance in the team and it allows the forward players to really show what they can do. Because as you mentioned, Furich has been one of the kind of stars of the season so far for me. And I, I also really like Jong as well. I think he's been a really smart signing, obviously playing against his former employers as well. And he was superb again in the game, very industrious in that attacking midfield position. But there's a lot to be proud of at the moment for Stuttgart. And, you know, even with the losses of the likes of Mavropanos, Souza, and even Endo, I don't feel as though they're missing any of them at the moment, in truth. And I think there's a real good balance to that side. I think Stenzel, you know, is 
half decent at the moment. Obviously, I would imagine he will be replaced by Wagner Mann when he gets back from injury. And that's going to add even more strength into that squad and that roster. And I just feel as though, at the moment, I think I mentioned to you, Rory, I think the, they look like European challenges at the moment. And I, I like cool. the balance in the side. I know you're getting a bit nervous over that, but I think with the decline of the likes of, you know... Uh, the decline of the likes of Gladbach and Frankfurt, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe not quite get Europe, but I think a top half finish is possible. Certainly, if they carry on this fantastic home form and just the general balance of the squad look, looks really good to me at the minute. Yeah, I have to say that there's a lot of nice things that you said there, Mark, and a lot of them I do have to agree with. Um, you know, we've the way that you mentioned Ito slotting into left back, and we've, you know, now in terms of having depth. There we've got Mittelstadt who can well he did come on and that's a little bit of depth there and you say Stenzel so the fullbacks now they're not looking rich in depth but you know still looking okay because of because of the way that we started um, I still have a little bit of a worry at centre half but obviously you know a clean sheet against Freiburg is 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 excellent and Anton and and you know Zagger have, have made a really good start there and actually there's been a couple of signings that Stuttgart have made in that position. Um, who, you know, we'll have to see how well they settle into the team and whether they become starters or not. But, yeah, overall, Peter, I mean, you know, uh, Mark's kind of gone into that fairly in-depth, so I don't know if you've got anything to maybe add on a Freiburg point of view, if you were disappointed with the way that they showed up, especially with their really strong record against uh, VFB in recent years. Um, the uh, defending from Freiburg, uh, Christian Streich uh, absolutely lambasted his team, um, and that included everyone, uh, Kilian Sedilia and particularly Matthias Ginter, whom it should be noted might be somewhat distracted by the fact that he was dropped from the national team in favor of Brighton's Pascal Gross. Um, in terms of Stuttgart, uh, I don't think they're title contenders, uh, to answer a question I saw up there previously. I don't know about Europe either. You guys did a fantastic job of covering that in depth. Uh, there will be some more Stuttgart pieces when we get to the Kiosk Club feature. Brilliant stuff. Yeah, uh, good point made by Danny in the comments as well. John will be at the Asian Cup. Could be away for around four matches after the international break, so Milo could well be starting again. Um, I completely get your point, Mark, as well about Milo. And it's, yeah, obviously a shame that he's not started the last two, but also, I do kind of get it, you know. Um, I mean, I was shocked that Egluf got the start against RB Leipzig, but I think he did okay in the first half of that match, but then struggled physically afterwards. Uh, but obviously, Milo being in that in the axis of the partnership with Karatsor, he played well in the first game, but is that going to be his future? I think he, you know, he wants to be further up the pitch, doesn't he? Uh, making those sort of runs that you know, he got on the end of Karatsor's pass to, to score the fifth when Freiburg weren't effectively uh, defending mind. So, and he's still young. There's still a lot to come from him. So I get maybe the man management of that and hopefully he'll he'll understand that as well and keep producing, whether it's off the bench or starting. Um, but yeah, obviously a good home result for Stuttgart and one to forget for Freiburg um, going into the international break uh we shall move on to our second most entertaining uh, game of the weekend and we can pick out verda uh beating minds by four goals to nil um which yeah i mean came as a shock to quite a 
few of us. Um, I can't remember what we predicted on on Thursday night, Mark. I think I actually backed Mines to win three one or something we went, like that. We went for a two one win, I think, for Mines. Yeah, two one win. win. Yeah. Um, but absolutely, you know, credit goes to to Verda. They they really turned up in this match, and and Mines again did not. Helped by a quick start, I think we have to say, Peter. You know, it was a bit of a well, it was carnage that few seconds in in the box, which led to the penalty. Dushka eventually being, um, well, preventing his shot from most likely going in, but he then steps up to take the responsibility. And uh, you know, full crook who, uh, you know, kind of banishing the demons in in that sense. And you know, he'll he'll obviously want to step up in that sense. But after all doing this. Dush, you know, leading the line after 30 minutes, he's had he's had to go off as well because of the head injury. And you know, they throw on the uh, the youngster, the six foot six monster. Uh, I think he's 19 years old as well. Uh, that came on and you know did a did a good job. But um, overall, the the second goal I guess is a killer uh, from the this match's point of view. Um, a lovely. Delivery from Mitchell Weiser and like the return of Mitchell Weiser, I feel played a great game, some delightful crosses and dangerous crosses, but perfectly met by. Uh, well, I'll, I'll hand over to you now, Peter, because I'm sure you uh, would like to introduce the the second player, as uh, you're so so fond of saying his name and your little tagline with him as well. Jens, all the world's a stage. You mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Well. Uh, that's how I remember his proper pronunciation because I thought it would be Staga, but uh, it's the Dane. They they pronounce it stage. Uh, well, this was certainly a very interesting match. Uh, if you had told me beforehand that um, uh, a front line of David Kornaki and uh, Nick Voltamada would uh, hold their own uh, in any match against any opponent, I wouldn't necessarily have believed you. If you had told me that Njinma would come off the bench to uh, not only score a goal, but uh, provide an assist. Uh, I would have been quite surprised. I'm not necessarily surprised that Bremen won, of course. I mean, Mainz are in, in, in total disarray at this juncture. Tactically, it's a bit of a mess. Um, mm -hmm. We have, uh, <clears throat> there were many, many injuries to the defensive core in preseason. Uh, Vandenberg, who was on loan at Schalke from Liverpool last season, got hurt again. He was on his way back. Uh, Andreas Hansa Olsen, who is actually a very good, solid defender, the Norwegian, um, has been slow to recover his fitness from injury. Um, they had some issues there at left back following the departure of um, uh, uh, Aaron Montes, the, yeah, the, the Spaniard. Uh, and what they did was they bought back Philip Mwene, which is which is fine. I like Philip Mwene. He's an uh, older Kaiserslautern alum. Uh, but they moved Kachi over to, to right back there, uh, Kachi ordinarily playing left. And, and that, of course, didn't work out. Um, you know, it's funny, with all the talk of the players who have moved to Saudi Arabia this summer, um, you know, nobody's really talking about Alexander Haack, uh, but he was a Mainz mainstay for nine seasons, and uh, he said goodbye to the Mainz uh, ultras there at the Pokal match via megaphone, and they were quite upset with him uh, uh, for doing that. You know, I mean, that's just not... <laughs> I, I, I don't suppose that Alexander Haack going to Saudi Arabia was necessarily something that made front-page news. Uh, uh, it certainly was only in the back pages in the Bundesrepublik, but they sorely miss him. That defensive line, you've had Dominic Kaur filling in, you've had Edmilson Fernandez filling in, and it's it's all kind of you know wishy-washy. 
uh, Jorge and his nightmare start on match day one. Uh, on a Siwo's injury, Burkhardt's continued unavailability. Anton Stock's move to uh, uh, Hoffenheim at the end of the transfer window. We got a lot of problems at Mainz. We got mo problems for Bo, if uh, if I may coin a phrase there. And uh, really, the only encouraging thing I saw from them was I think Jae Sung Lee had some had mm. some moments in that in that match. Um, but uh, there was a question earlier about the transfer window. Who had the best ones? Obviously, Leverkusen top, Leipzig two, Union Berlin three. I'm not sorely disappointed with Bremen's transfer window, actually. They made some money off Fulkrug. They made some money off Gruyev. They made some money off Lee Buchanan. Um, and uh, I don't... The, the one guy that they got from the uh, um, the Belgian league, Lenin, I think he's, he's not quite mm. good in the field. Uh, but... I really, really like this sign. This signing they did on deadline day, Olivier Deman. I think that he yeah. could be an excellent uh, uh, complement to Mitchell Weiser, who, let's not forget, Mitchell Weiser is a very good player. He played an awesome match. He's a Leverkusen reject. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I, I'm, and Rafael Santos Bore. I can't wait. No German fo football fan can wait. To see Rafael Santos Boy starting for a Bundesliga club again. Um, I think that uh, I, I talked a little bit about this uh, in the column. I, I think that Bremen might be poised to turn around. Mainz, oh, good Lord, I, do, I would not want to be in Bo Svensson's shoes uh, uh, right about now. Um, but those are yeah. uh, my thoughts on the match. Uh, I don't know, maybe, <clears throat> maybe uh, Mark has some different ones. What do you, what do you say there, Mark? Yeah, I pretty much had similar. I think we all expected more from Mainz. But yeah, I'm worried just looking at the kind of starting lineup actually from Mainz, as you mentioned. I, you mentioned before, Peter, about teams that had the best transfer windows. I mean, did any team have a worse transfer window than Mainz? Let's be honest, because as you say, they lost so many key players. And like Aaron Martin was such a good player too. I think he even made my team of the season last year at right back. And he obviously went, I can't remember where, but to some kind of smaller Serie A team, which was maybe a little bit of a surprise and disappointment for Mainz fans. As you mentioned, Hark leaving to Saudi Arabia was a massive loss because he was a huge player in that defence. And I look at that defence at the moment and half of them aren't even defenders. As you say, like Fernandez isn't really a proper defender and... Yeah, Seth van, der van den Berg, I think, made his debut in this match. He didn't look particularly good on loan. Uh, obviously, had quite a good spell at Schalke last year. But I think from a Verde perspective, it, it was a very kind of confident performance. You know, Hanke Olsen could easily have been sent off early on as well. I was a little bit surprised why that wasn't a red card, in truth. Because, like, Dukes was literally about to tap the ball into the back of the net when he was fouled, and it was only a yellow. So I thought they were actually a little bit lucky that they didn't have to play 86 minutes with 10 men, to be honest with you. That's another point from that game. I think, yeah, the key for Verda for me, though, was Mitchell Weiser. I thought he had his best game since probably before the World Cup. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, but before between like August and November of last season, he was one of the best players in the Bundesliga, let alone for Verda. Yeah. And then for me, he didn't quite recover that level of form in the second half of the season, you know. And it, But today was his best performance since probably November of last year. I thought he was superb. Like the cross for the second goal, which ultimately won it. And then from 2-0, it was easy, really, for Werder. And they could probably have gone on to get another another couple, really, in the game. Werder, you know, again, as you mentioned, Gross came back in the side from that lean. And, I mean, I, I saw him play against... Bayern. I actually thought he looked quite good, Lean. Uh, I think he was one of the few signings for Verde this year. 
but yeah, Gross is he's a wily player, and he's the kind of player you want to bring in when you just lost your first two games of the season. He knows what he's doing in that holding midfield position. I think Schmid also had a good game too. I'm, I'm not sure, but I think he missed the first couple of games as well. He came back in for this game. He's key for them as well. He's a real live wire in that attacking midfield position. And, you know, Verda, considering that there are quite a few struggling sides at the bottom of that league at the moment, I mean, I tip them to be bottom four, bottom five, but they might just be able to get like lower mid-table, I think, Verda, based on this performance, despite the loss of obviously full crew. But I think I mentioned to you, Peter, I'm not sure how much of a loss that actually is because, again, he was another one that started the season amazingly well last year, but I think he only actually got five goals after the World Cup. Obviously, he was injured partly as well. He hadn't started this season particularly well either. And I think Bore could even potentially, um, yeah, do better than him in some ways as well. I think Bore is a great replacement as well. And I'm interested to see how he does when he starts his first game in two weeks' time. Yeah, I agree with your points there. Um, de definitely don't, I, I personally, I think, whichever way around this game went, I think we probably would have been reacting probably the same way as in like, oh, well, my, mine's won, so Verda in massive trouble uh, or vice versa. Mm. It kind of felt like one of those games that both teams are looking like they could struggle. Uh, great win for Verda. I don't think necessarily it means they're out of shtick just yet, but yeah, it's a really important win. Um, and yeah, as you say, Rafa Bore is a perfectly good replacement and we look forward to seeing how he settles in um, to that side. Just before we move on to our final, um, our, well, our most exciting game of the season, just picking up on uh, Paul very nicely jumping on uh, um, saying, hi, all great show as always. Thanks for all the kind words. Looking forward to the, uh, having a rest and being able to tune in every week as a fan of the show. I'm OCB for life, um, but it's time for a rest. So, yeah, uh, very well put there, Paul. Um, thank you very much for that. Um, and he's just added as well. Um, second, the above comments. Um, Peter's kiosk is a wonderful addition. Um, and the three of us are a great trio of Bundesliga brains. So very nice comment. Thank you very much, Paul. Glad you're enjoying the show. And uh, we wish you absolutely a, a nice long rest. Um and uh, I think he's picked up on Paulinho's failed transfer to Bayern as well, um, being given much coverage in Germany as there's a lot of comment in the UK about him having to fly back uh, in the last minutes, um, obviously because the Bundesliga transfer window shut at, what was it, 5pm, um, rather than uh, the Premier League one being closed at uh, nearer to midnight, I believe. So that was a, an interesting one to follow, for sure. Um, and we'll maybe <clears throat> go to Peter on his kiosk, uh, club, uh, whether that got any attention in the papers uh, as we move on to our final game of the featured five this week. And it was the Friday night game. Uh, Borussia Dortmund 2, Heidenheim 2. Uh, Heidenheim have earned uh, their first ever Bundesliga point. Uh, it was quite uh, the start to the weekend, full of drama, full of VAR-ness and refereeing decisions, um, you know, naturally when seeing Dortmund go 2-0 up, you're kind of thinking, OK, well, they can kickstart their season uh, and, and crack on from there. But Heidenheim had other ideas, Mark. And, uh, well, do you want to get stuck into some of the, the VAR decisions? Because, well, I mean, <laughs> Dortmund's two goals were full of it, weren't they? Uh, starting off with the first goal, which uh, 
you can have your say on whether you think Emre Chan handled the ball leading to uh, Julian Brandt's opener. Yeah, I think this was, this was probably the most debatable of them all for me, actually, because I, in the past, I would have said it was cl a clear handball, but I think they actually changed the rule to basically it's only handball now if it's like deliberate handball, which which overly complicates the rule in many ways. And I think basically the referee decided that it wasn't, there's nothing he could have done to move his hand out of the way. He didn't move his arm towards it. But obviously it did end up being a handball assist, basically, in many ways, before Julian Brandt tucked it away. I also thought the way Brandt celebrated, he almost seemed to think that's going to get chalked off because he didn't really... Obviously, he had a clear view that it did come off the hand of Chan. And then, obviously, it was well finished by Brandt. But for me, I think my opinion is, if you're hiding, I'm, you, you're gutted about that. Do you know what I mean? I think it's uh, you'd be fuming, really. But I think nowadays, I have seen goals given in similar situations where it probably is a correct decision, ultimately. Because I, I don't think Chan could have got the, that ball out of the way. But that's the problem with the handball rule nowadays. What is an intentional handball? You could argue that every play, a player can always get the hand out of the way. You know what I mean? But for me, I think in, in terms of modern rules, it was correct. But I think ethically, it probably should have been ruled out. Because I don't really agree. For me, any handball that leads to a goal should be ruled out, ultimately, for me. Yeah. Then for me, the, the first uh, penalty, the Dortmund penalty, that, that was a clear penalty, though, for me. I, I read at the time when I was watching the game, a few people um, on social media were saying it was a bit harsh against Maloney. But for me, it was a, he definitely put his hand out there and it was just on the edge of the area between being a free kick and a penalty. But after a VAR view, the referee gave the penalty, which was easily tucked away by um, Chan. That, that was 2-0, but it never really looked comfortable. There were only 15 minutes on the clock at that point. And to be honest, you never thought that Dortmund were comfortable in this game. And, you know, Frank Schmidt and his boys felt as though they'd been hardly done by. And you can understand that, you know, when two kind of VARs go against you. I mean, I know what it was like, obviously, watching the Nuremberg game the other day as well about VARs going against you. But... Yeah, it is frustrating, it is, but I think ultimately they were probably the correct decisions according to the letter of the law. That's my opinion on the Dortmund ones. But I'll let Peter take you through the whole Heidenheim recovery in the second half. Thank you, Mark. Uh, first and foremost, I, I thank you kindly for taking care of all the refereeing talk for me. This is not something I <laughs> into. Well, you got one as well in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um you know, uh, it was actually a very, very good first half uh, from Dortmund. Brandt continues to impress with this form. I thought that Malin, Halea uh, were also, and Khan were, were also quite good. Um, mm -hmm. From a tactical uh, vantage point, it was very, very interesting that um, Frank Schmidt mirrored uh, Aiden Terzic's 4 1 4 1 uh, in the first half. And he had a little bit of, I mean, they, they, they couldn't exactly stand pound for pound uh, for Dortmund with that. But in the second half, uh, what he did is he brought Peeringer on and they had like a little 4-4-2. It was this nice, tight little midfield diamond. Uh, and it really broke up uh, Dortmund's play well and frustrated them and made sure that, um, <clears throat> you know, they weren't able to comfortably move out of the back or bow arc or anything like that. I thought it was really a, a, a nice little tactical piece. And I think that Maloney, who conceded the handball. Of course, I'm biased. He is a, a player that I've tracked as an American who wants to play for the USA. I think that he really put in a, a good performance there uh, as well. 
it was a good match. It was a fun match. I think actually a two-two was was fair result, uh, uh, more or less. I mean, uh, a lot of the criticism about Dortmund in the German press is is overblown, and this is something that we've come to expect. Uh, from this time of year. A lot of it had to do with the fact that the German press didn't exactly know what to lead with. Um, you know, they wanted to maybe lead with Union again. Uh, they wanted to lead with something spectacular from Harry Kane. Harry Kane didn't score. Uh, they wanted to maybe talk about Leverkusen some more, but that's kind of a tired story. So so there's a lot of uh, uh, BVB critiquing going on in the German press. I don't think they're necessarily that bad. I definitely don't think to answer Balam's question that they're that they're out of the um, uh, the title race, uh, and and that relates to Paul's query about uh, uh, Paulinha. Wow, um, you know there were several things, several press things that just that, that couldn't make the cut for the kiosk club because we only have so much time. Um, you know, I wanted to save the Frankfurt Allgemeine, the Süddeutsche, all had. Paulinho's transfer finalized, already printed in the Saturday edition. And the headline was Tuchel gets his holding six. So the fact that all of this fell apart at the, at the last moment is an embarrassment for Bayern. They had a terrible window um, and uh, they're catching hell in the press. They called it Black Friday. I don't know if, if English people understand what that is. That's like an American yeah. retail holiday. Oh, okay, you guys do it in the UK too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they, they called it yeah Black Friday for Bayern. Um, but with Bayern's transfer window, with the form that we see Leverkusen and Leipzig in, assuming that Union can bounce back because they, they do have an excellent, uh, excellent side, uh, nobody is out of the title race yet. And, uh, <clears throat> and I, I think we got four teams competing for it, if I'm honest there. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Um, yeah, I think we'll just very quickly um, glance over the best of the rest because we want to have time for uh, Peter's Chaos Club. So, uh, you know, just quick headlines. Obviously, uh, the, the Gladbach hoodoo is over by an overcoming Gladbach coming from 1-0 down after Koe Takura's uh, opening goal. Very nice header, actually, to, to give Gladbach the lead. But they just dropped deeper and deeper and they couldn't uh, obviously withhold Bayern for, for as long as they wanted to. And uh, obviously, eventually, uh, Sane got um, the equaliser and, uh, well, a, a lovely moment for Matty's tell as well. You know, we've been um, kind of following him since uh, the, you know, we mentioned that he got some rather nasty abuse on, on social media, which is not the best place for anyone or particularly a footballer at times. So, you know, that was a, well, his biggest moment in a buying shirt, wasn't it? Um, so that that's certainly a nice thing to, to see for the young man. And he could well be a really big part of, of Bayern's title charge and season going forwards, as, as you already alluded to, Peter, a relatively quiet outing for, uh, for Harry Kane. Um, there were some also some really entertaining matches elsewhere. We we really struggled <laughs> picking the featured five this week. Um, you know, the 2 2 draw between Augsburg and Balkan, uh, Asano at the double, uh, to, to get a uh, point for Balkan, uh, after Belio and Demirovic had scored for Augsburg. Um, and a really big win, comeback win for Hoffenheim as well uh, after their struggles against Heidenheim the week before. And they're doing it the hard way, it seems, but they came back really well against Wolfsburg, who, again, we tipped uh, to to beat Hoffenheim. Uh, Bayer with his first start, uh, well, 
sorry, I think his first start of the season, uh, getting that goal to give them the lead after Brooks had equalised, much to Peter's delight, no doubt. Um, <laughs> and uh, and the third goal uh, at the end by uh, Skovt to make it 3-1. And uh, a another late equaliser for Frankfurt at home uh, by debutant Niels Nkunku, um, uh, who, had, or, who were trailing thanks to a Florian Kynes penalty. Uh, so that is indeed the best of the rest. Just wanted to quickly whip through that. Um, obviously, a big result for Bayern, big win for Hoffenheim, and a good point for Augsburg and uh, Borkum. So we shall gladly move on and finish the show off with uh, a bit of kiosk clubbing with Peter. So, Peter, we shall hand it over to you. Thank you, uh, and thank you for mentioning John Anthony Brooks. Um, I appreciate that uh, uh, greatly. Um, well, uh, as I said, uh, the German press wasn't entirely sure uh, what to lead with. Of course, Bonnie Face was uh, leading the Sport build. It is uh, boom, boom, Bonnie Face, not bum, bum, uh, Bonnie Face. I found this a little bit uh, uncreative, uh, considering they did the Bonnie Face bonbons last week. Uh, Germany's Kicker magazine uh, led with Der Stotterstadt uh, for Dortmund. This was, I know they wanted to, they so badly wanted to lead with Union again uh, this week, but since they couldn't, they had to go with the, uh, the Dortmund stutter step or the Dortmund stumbling out of the gate. Um, so uh, with that in mind, we're going to placate Rory with some great Stuttgart headlines. Um, the, uh, the Sportbild went ahead with uh, Wieder 5-0, Stuttgart überrollt Freiburg, and it's right below Brooks Agat sein Ex-Club, uh, which is right here. So we've got Brooks, we've got my John Anthony Brooks and Rory's uh, VfB Stuttgart in there. Congratulations to Serhu Blasi, who is the Bundesliga's leading goal scorer. He is the, the first Stuttgart player to do so uh, since good old Lutz Algauer. Uh, in 1984, how about that? Uh, Kicker uh, also was uh, doing some more Stuttgart coverage from what you were alluding to. Weniger Sterns, uh, weniger Stars, but mehr Sterne. So uh, less stars, but okay, you get uh, Sterne. You don't have to be a German wordsmith to know that this means stars in German. And they're, of course, alluding to the departures of Konstantinos Mavropanos, Borna Sosa, uh, and <laughs> Uh, and <clears throat> Wataru Endo. Uh, lots of praise for Stuttgart this week. They are probably the most celebrated team in the German press, uh, celebrated in much the same way that Union were last week. I also saved local Badische Neue Nachrichten von you. Wie entfesselt. They are unhinged, unleashed, uncorked. VfB <laughs> Stuttgart are. That's uh, for you, Rory. Um, I wanted to answer a query very quickly about future forthcoming match day vlogs uh, and announced that I will begin editing one this evening. Mark and I went to the Betze to see FC Kaiserslautern and FC, FC Nuremberg on Saturday night, so we should have that coming with you soon. And if I may pay a short tribute to Paul McGarity as well, I would like to say that uh, Paul is working on a manuscript about uh, Lutz Eigendorf, a, a player for um, FC Kaiserslautern, and it was my great pleasure and privilege to to receive some queries from Paul and, and work with him and answer them and just see how deeply he researched uh, my town, my club, and uh, a player. And, you know, hard work 
it's not just about uh, putting it out there. It's about making friends. It's about being part of a family. It's about being part of a community. And uh, thank you, Paul, for for taking an interest. And it's a pleasure to work with you. Hope to continue working with you, perhaps on a manuscript. Very nicely put there, Peter. Thank you very much for another excellent edition of the Kiosk Club. Um, so that very nicely rounds us up for this evening. Um, just a final reminder this evening uh, of our exclusive that we uh, mentioned first thing uh, when starting the show a little while ago is that um, <laughs> the next Bundesliga boxes batch, batch number 33, uh, pre-orders will go um, live uh, Friday the 22nd of September. Uh, so make sure that you do get those pre-orders in or else you will miss out uh, like myself and many others missed out on the uh, delightful magnetic leak table so many people are clamoring around for extra Bundesliga boxes so make a note in the diary and I shall gladly hand over to yourself Mark to, uh, to finish up for this evening yeah I feel like I'm going to cry now yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah it, it's been another fantastic show guys yeah so yeah uh check out continue to follow our Twitter at over the bar FB and at over the bar extra and don't forget to like comment and subscribe keep following our stuff you know we're going well over a thousand now as we mentioned we've got so much coming for you this week obviously it will be unfortunately an international week as well this week so you know we hope to get this uh, vlog from the as peter mentioned from the game and also some other shows as well be coming your way so yeah stay stay subscribed to the, over the bar and we'll see you next time see you later guys ciao ciao bye bye Cheers, all.